0: Oh, good morning, church. Come on, can we stand to our feet just one more time? If Jesus can raise from the dead, we can stand one more time in church. The Bible says that he desires everywhere that people lift up holy hands. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's not a Baptist thing. It's not a Halifax thing. It's not a Dartmouth thing. It's a Bible thing. It says one hand without wrath and one hand without doubt. And today, with no doubt in our heart. No emotion controlling us. Can we lift if you're able to? Lift both hands Say, Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for the church. We thank you for our city. We thank you that you are alive and well. And contrary to popular belief, the church is alive and well. Today, we lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we lift up every church in this city that lifts up your name. And we pray they be healthy, that they be influencing, that they be growing and full of grace. Father, we bless them. Now, Father, I pray for each one on the sound of our voice. God, would would you be big in our lives? Would you be alive in our hearts in the name of Jesus Christ? And someone said, come on, can you hug somebody as you grab a seat today? Hug somebody, high five somebody. Look at the person to your left and say, I waited all year to sit next to you. Look on the other side and said, you're my second choice. <laughs> there are some married people that got that wrong today. I apologize. Too, I tried to wear a blazer today, but it was too hot. The worship was too good. I was too into it. My wife was cheering and screaming. I, was in, I, just, I tried to wear a blazer for the, for the old school, for the mainstream. I tried to wear a suit today. That just wouldn't work. Uh, I'm not mourning today. I just only wear black clothes. It's all I own. Where are my people it's your wardrobe. Am I going to wear the black shirt or the black shirt today? If you have your Bible, Luke chapter, Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. We're going to just uh, read a bit of the uh, passage this morning from the Bible because we're allowed to. I want to, I want to honor uh, Pastor Glenn and Debbie in this church. What a wonderful church. Wonderful team of ushers and deacons and, and tech people. I want to honor all the pastors and leaders in our city. I woke up this morning. Early, which is not my normal custom, uh, nerves has a way of getting you to bed. And I was, I was reflecting on Good Friday. And I was reminded this morning that Jesus took a bunch of uneducated, uninfluential, unwealthy people. No one had an elected position. No one was a celebrity or had a verified Instagram account. They were common, they were uneducated, some of them were schemers and connivers, but God used them to turn the world upside down. I believe in the church in Halifax. And we may not be big, we may not be famous, we may not be wealthy, we may not be well known, but I believe God is going to use us to shape a city. In a city that shapes a country, in a country that's going to shape the world. Can someone say amen this morning? Luke chapter 23, if you're there, say hey. If you're lying, say hey, hey. If you don't have a Bible, just pull up next to a Christian, they'll have one. Luke chapter 32, Luke chapter 32, it'll be on the big screen behind me, Luke chapter 23, verse 32, Luke chapter 23, verse 32. Lengthy passage this morning, but I'd be amiss not to read uh, this great passage this morning. It says, Jesus is now on the cross, he's on the cross. The, the rescue mission is well underway. And he's in verse 32, two others, both criminals, were led out and executed with him. When they came to a place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross. The criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, "Forgive, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said, let him save himself if he's really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him in these words, this is the king of the Jews. You ever have someone try to write your own bio on social media? They're writing his own bio on here. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed and said, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in Paradise. By this time, it was around noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock, much like Nova Scotia in December. It's dark at like noon. Thank God for spring. Verse 45, the light of the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with these words, he breathed his last. When a Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what happened, he worshiped and said, surely this man was innocent. And when the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what happened, they went home in deep sorrow. But Jesus' friends, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching. Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph. He was a member of the Jewish high council. It says in verse 52, he took He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body, and then he took the body down from the cross, wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth, and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of the rock. This was done late on Friday afternoon, the day of preparation. Last verse, Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 8, very famous passage today. I hope it fills you with hope today. It says, when we were utterly helpless... Christ came at just the right time. Oh, just the right time. Today is just the right time. And died for us sinners. Now, most people would be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Oh, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Sinners. This morning, I want to share a message, much like my wife today, short and sweet, but just for a few moments this morning, that's, that's called brownie points, if you don't know, but <laughs> short, sweet, and thin, and attractive, this sermon will be this morning. Just write this title down somewhere, it's not good. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not good. It's not good. How many parents in the room? Isn't it challenging naming your kids before they're born? There's this pressure, right, to get the perfect name and then to announce it. We have these, now we're announcing with balloons, red, pink balloons and blue balloons. We have all these gender reveals. And, and, but picking the name, because you know this name is going to be on this kid their entire life. And you just can't pick a name that's cute as a baby. You've got to picture the kid being 23. You've got to picture someone being 60 with that name. You've got to pick the right name. Me and my wife with our two kids, when. When my daughter was being born, we're trying to find the right name for my daughter. and She'd mention a name, and I'd, I how many you know names have feelings attached to them? Meet my wife grew up in Newfoundland, and, and, and I grew up in Halifax, and we had different, different families and different friends, and she'd say a name. What about this name? I'm like, no, no, that kid smelled in my primary class. <laughs> I'd mention a name, she'd go, No, no, I remember that kid, that, that girl, I think she used to pee her pants even in grade five and six. And, You'd mention another name, like, no, that person wasn't very nice to me, or you'd mention another name, and you'd be like, no, that's not the right feel to it, because names are so important. We had our son, and he was around two, and now we're getting ready to give, my wife's giving birth to our daughter, and we're a few months out, we're picking the name, and she goes, I'm going to go Google baby names and find the right name. We had lost a child, and in pregnancy, and now with, uh, with our daughter coming, and she's like, I want it to mean something. Like, we're, we're expecting this baby. We have hope, and we have expectation, and we have faith, and I need to find a name that embodies all of that because we have such expectation on this pregnancy, on this baby, and on this life. We didn't have Wi-Fi in our apartment, and she went and found some Wi-Fi and came back a few hours later. She was like, I got the perfect name. I'm like, what's that? She goes, Maddie. I'm like, oh, I like that. She goes, no, but it's spelt different. She goes, it's M-A-H-D-I. I'm like, oh, I like that. It sounds normal, but it's spelled different, right? Because you got to be careful. Right? It's a name that people can say, but it's unique. Like us, oh, so I like that. Maddie. I'm like, that's cool. So we started calling her baby Maddie. My little boy was speaking to my wife's belly, and he would start calling her baby Maddie. Hi, baby Maddie. And we had baby showers, and people knew baby Maddie was coming. Two weeks before baby Maddie arrived, the expe- it means the expected one. It means we're expecting Maddie to come. We're expecting, I like that. It means expecting. You're expecting, I'm expecting, you're expecting a lot of pain, but I'm expecting, uh, expecting this baby and it's going to be awesome. And two weeks before Maddie was born, I'm reading my favorite magazine, Time Magazine, and I'm reading about the Iraqi Islamic Maddie Army. M-A-H-D-I. I was like, hey, babe. Where'd you get that name from? She's like, a website. I'm like, I will be right back. I drove down to find some internet. I'm Googling. And apparently the MAHDI, the Maddie, is, 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 is in the Muslim faith. They believe the Maddie will come seven years and rule and then usher in the end of the world. They're expecting him to come and help transition to the end of the world. I said, babe, we have a problem with that name. We cannot give birth to the Islamic person that's going to usher in the end of the world. Names, so I gotta fix this. So I, I started Googling names. And I found Matthew, the feminine version of Matthew, M-A-T-T-I-E, which means a gift of God. And you kind of expect to get a gift. Gifts are expected. I'm like, baby, we're gonna call him her Maddie. No one knew the difference. They just said, baby Maddie's coming. M-A-T-T-I-E. Names are important. We almost gave birth to the Islamic Messiah, but thank God. I'm a pastor, this would not go over well. I knew there was something about that church, you know. Like, I have a problem with the name Good Friday. I don't think it does it justice. See, coffee's good. Those hot dogs at Costco are so good. Long weekends are good. Every Ed Sheeran song ever is really good. what happened today is beyond good. Good doesn't justify or even even come close to describing what we're celebrating today. Where heaven kissed the earth, when God forgave our sins, when he crossed the chasm of our sin and our shame and stretched his arms and died for me and you. That is beyond good today, my friends. That's great news. It's not Good Friday, it's Great Friday. We have great news today. What we're celebrating is more than good. It's great, it's great that God came to us. See, every other religion has man trying to get to heaven. Every other religion has man trying to get to God. You've got to earn it. You've got to pay enough. You've got to be good enough. You've got to get there enough. You've got to sing enough and give enough and, and live a certain way. And every religion has man trying to get to heaven, but our God and our heaven came to us. It's not good news. It's great news. Jesus came and sat down with us and invested and invited us. Oh, Jesus used a cross and a table to change the world. A cross for our sins and a table of invitation to journey together. My friends, it's more than just good news. It's great news that heaven came to us today. My friends, if you're trying to earn it today, if you're trying to be good enough today, if you came here in attempts to please God today, I got great news for you today. Heaven came to us. We're not waiting for heaven. Heaven came to us. That's great news today. Stop stop striving to make it happen and celebrate he made it happen. My friends, it's not good. It's great news. It's great news that Jesus paid it all. That's what we celebrate this weekend. There was this old song I grew up with Maybe you know it. I had a debt. Where am I old school at? I had a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not. Oh, I needed someone to wash my sins away. My friend, I got news for you today. Jesus didn't consolidate our debts at a high interest rate. He didn't make reasonable payments that we could pay every Sunday and every Monday. And hopefully in 30 or 40 or 70 years, we could pay it off. He didn't consolidate our debts. He paid our debts. Jesus freed us from our sin. It's great news today. I like watching movies. I'm a movie. I my movie people. The rest of you are liars. Okay. My son's 15, just turned 15. I'm introducing him to the classics. I'm like, I got a movie you need to watch. He's like, please don't be too old. Nothing before 2008. I'm like, come on, you're <laughs> killing me. He's like, do the phones have cords on the wall? I'm like, they might. All right. The classics like Braveheart's. That got a bigger amen than Jesus this morning. <laughs> Both brought freedom, amen. We just watched Gladiator this week. What we do will echo through eternity. I like movies where there's hostages and ransoms are always the best ones. Uh, Pastor Glenn's favorite movie is Miscongeniality. I love that. And some of us, some of us, some of us. I like, I like the Ransom movies. My favorite movies are when, when someone kidnaps somebody and then you know there's going to be a price to pay. Every Ransom movie is the exact same, isn't it? The bad guys always wear black leather. They never wear pastels, right? And they kidnap somebody, a wife, a kid, and they kidnap somebody of value and they take them and then there's going to be a drop zone, right? They're going to meet and they send a ransom note and they said, bring this much money or bring this microchip or bring this gold and meet us at this drop point and we're going to do an exchange. Have you noticed they're always wearing black? They're never at Starbucks. The drop zone is never Starbucks. You know, they're never ordering a mocha frappuccino with soy, no whip, you know, in a salmon cardigan. You know, just meet me in the corner. No, it's always this dark alley, in black clothes in this exchange and you know how it happens right they they meet in this dark alley and they flick their headlights and the father or the husband gets out of the car and his sons at the other end and they said do you have the money he said do you have my son and he throws the money and the kid runs in slow motion in the exchange and then of course the rock comes out and shoots everybody <laughs> my friends i got news for you today sin took us hostage And the devil made a call. And he called heaven and said, I have your kids. I have your loved ones. But our father in his love did not take money or gold and put it into a briefcase or a duffel bag. He took his son and put him in a case of flesh. And the drop zone was not an alley or a back road. It was on a hill called Golgotha. And on the hill of Calvary, Jesus became the ransom for our sins. We have good news today. He paid it all. He paid it all. The symbol of Christianity is the cross, not a scale. He's not weighing us out, seeing if we can pay what we can pay. It's a cross of freedom. He stretched his arms and gave it all and became the ransom for our sin. Today we wear crosses, not scales. Measuring our debt and our payment, we have great news today. It's not good. It's amazing grace on this great friday it's great that our current state doesn't determine our future reality that's the great news today you need to hear me from the back to the front it's great news today that our that our current state doesn't determine our future reality growing up going to school maybe you had the same kind of school i had we did the same project every spring We'd go and get a cup of dirt and put a bean in it. Anybody ever do this in school? Because we had no money as a school board, right? That was the big project. We'd go get a cup and we'd draw on it your favorite hockey team or you put your favorite cartoon. I was great at drawing Garfield. I put Garfield on mine. And I remember in the 80s being in elementary school, and we'd all do this. Every class would do this. And you'd take a cup, you'd fill it with some dirt, some planting, soil, and then you'd put a seed, a bean in. How many did this? How many know I'm talking about? And then you take it to the windowsill of your school. And you'd put it up on the windowsill and you'd set it just right. And the teacher would say, we're going to do an experiment. Just leave it there. Every day we're going to water it just a little bit. We're going to rotate it in the sun just a little bit. And we're going to see what's going to happen. Man, it, it always was the same thing. The guys wouldn't listen. I'd go over the next day and look, nothing in the cup. Come back the next day, I'd run over to the window all excited. This is going to be a day there's going to be a tree in the window. I'd look in. Nothing. All my buddies were looking at theirs. By the third day, we're starting to dig it up. I don't think anything's happening. We'd pull the cup out. We'd take it back to our desk, and we'd just start, nope, nothing happening. And, but the girls always listened. That's why they run the world, right? And I am the head of my home, but my, ne- my wife is the neck that turns the head. Come on, somebody. And the girls would just water it and they'd spin it just right, and they wouldn't touch it, and they wouldn't dig it up. They'd just leave it on the windowsill, but the guys would dig it up. The guys would get new dirt. My bean's not working, and they'd go get another bean, and then after about a week, we'd forget about it. We'd lose attention, and we'd stop watering it, and we'd stop looking at it, but then, then, then a couple weeks in, one day on a normal Tuesday, we'd walk into class, and this One girl would scream with delight from the window, I see something! I see something! Walk over, we all run over, and our beans are now dry in the crust of the dirt, and nothing's happening, and kids are playing with theirs and making glasses out of them, but this one girl, there's this green sprout in the middle of the cup. My friends, I'm reminded that day with that experiment is the same with life, that there's a difference between being buried and being planted. This is the hope we celebrate today. This is the foundation of our faith, is that there's a difference between buried and being planted. Planted looks similar to being buried. Buried looks similar to being planted. Both are in a dark, lonely, dirty place. Away from the sight, away from the applause, in a place covered in dirt and manure. When you plant something, it looks very similar to burying something. The difference is the expectation. Buried is final. It's dead. It's done. Planting is expecting something to rise, expecting something to grow. When you plant something, it's just the beginning, not the end. My friends, I want to remind you today, our God was planted, not buried. Today, I refuse to grieve on this great Friday. Why? Because our God was not buried on this day. He was planted. See, Jesus went to the cross on this great Friday, and the enemy thought he was burying the Son of God. But God knew he was planting a Savior. The crowd thought they had buried a rebel, but heaven knew it was planting revival. There's a difference between being buried and planted. Jesus went to a dark, hidden, isolated place. The soldier said, he is dead, but Jesus came back and said, I'm not done. There's a difference between being buried and planted. On this great Friday, Some of you today feel like you're buried. Oh, we can come and we can play church today, but some of you are going through some stuff. You walked in here in your best. You walked in here with your smiles on, but some of you are going through some stuff. You're buried in your sin. You're buried in regret. You're buried in pain and disappointment. Maybe people have hurt you. Maybe church has hurt you. Maybe life has hurt you, and you feel buried in your pain today. Colossians 2 verse 12 says it like this. Oh, you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with Him, you were raised to new life. Because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. My friends, I got to encourage you today. You're not buried, you're planted. You walked in here today with the weight of the world on your shoulders. You walked in here today feeling overwhelmed by your life. My friends, if you are in Christ, you're not buried today, you're planted. Your marriage is not buried, it's planted. Your kids that may be walking away from God on this Friday, we celebrate that they're not buried in their sin, but they're planted with potential. My friends, we are planted today in the house of God. The crowd says this generation is dead in their sin. And they bury them in their statistics. But Jesus says today to the church, and to the city of Halifax, I'm not done. People knew your past, and they thought you were buried, didn't they? If you knew my story, if you knew everything I ever thought, said, or did, you wouldn't want me preaching in your church today. If I knew everything you ever thought, said, or did, we wouldn't let you in the doors today. What a great relationship we have. My friends, they saw our past, and they thought we were buried They said, they're not coming back from that, but Jesus got a hold of our life, and he said, we're not done. Oh, we're buried. We're not buried. We're planted today. The crowd had you dead and buried and giving their farewell speeches. But you may feel like you're in a dark place today. You may feel like you're in a hidden place today. You may feel like you're in a lonely place today. But today we celebrate on this great Friday. It's not good it's beyond good. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's resurrection power. It's powerful. It's miraculous. It's remarkable. It's Great Friday. Today we celebrate that God interrupts death's victory parade. He says, you had me done and dead. You had me buried. But I was planted and I make all things new. Today we celebrate. On this Friday, it's more than okay. It's more than good. We have great news today. Hope has a name. And his name is Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. On this Good Friday, when the world mourns, cathedrals that burn down, marriages that are falling apart, we don't mourn like non-believers mourn, because we know on this Good Friday we have great news that God's not dead and he's not done. And if you're not dead, you're not done. We celebrate today because hope has a name and his name is Jesus Christ.